of the North Smith Medal is Ryan O'Keefe. forget your first and the guest this week is former Swans champion Ryan O'Keefe. What a career he had. 286 games, 261 goals, two premierships, a Norm Smith medal, a big V, Australian representative four times. Uh, there's a lot to like about this man's career. He joins me now. Ryan, thanks for joining me and uh, uh, coach of the uh, Western Jets these days. How, uh, how's it going with them at the moment? Oh yeah, it's all going really well. We're in pre-season mode at the moment. It's the season. Uh, coming upon us very quickly, but yeah, we're just getting all our preparations and uh, practice games ready to go. Now, this uh, this segment's called "You Never Forget Your First," so there's a whole lot of firsts that I want to talk to you about. When did you first, uh, you know, your, your love of footy was that uh, was that just around the house uh, that that sort of you know because I know your dad played and stuff, but uh, where that where that sort of first manifest itself with you? Yeah. I'd... To be honest, I can't actually quite remember. I just, I just remember just growing up with it. It was just always around. I thought it was, you know, part of the DNA of our household. So, yeah, I can't quite really give you a specific point, but it just always seemed seemed to be there. Now, the the, uh, the sort of link to football in your family goes back uh, because you got a relative who was involved in that '54 Doggies Premiership team. Yeah, that's my grandfather from my mum's side. So he was in the 54 team. So, yeah, obviously a bit of a a pedigree coming coming from there. And and then my dad played as well. He was at the the Dogs and um, Fitzroy. So, yeah, sort of, as I said, football was just just part of the family, really. So who did you grow up barracking for? Um, Yeah, look, I'd sort of barrack for... uh, uh, Fitzroy used to go to, go to the Lions, but then obviously go, used to go to all the doggies games with my grandfather. So um, I was never really like a passionate, you know, one eye supporter. I just loved going to the game, and I was probably just more interested in wanting to play myself, to be honest. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, I ended up going to a lot of the doggies and Lions games. So, who was the first player that caught your eye? First player that caught my eye? Oh, um,. I'm trying to think now. It's uh, probably to be honest, probably like um, Gary Abbott Senior. I still think he's probably the best player I've seen. Um, just his ability to, to be able to win a game off his own boot. Um, so going up, you know, in, in the 80s, that's some pretty good. Those key forwards of Lockhead and Dunstall and Abbott, those guys, they're, they're the sort of guys that that's caught your attention. Now you're uh, you're about what six two roughly in the in the old language, about 187 or 88 centimeters. Yep, that's correct. Yep. So, so where your junior footy? Where'd you play your junior footy? Um, position wise, yeah. Um, I played a bit everywhere, mainly around the ball, wherever the ball was. That's where I wanted to be. So, <laughs> yeah, <fair> um, <laughs> I don't think you've mentioned football balls that don't like to have the ball in the hand. So, yeah, that's where I sort of played. And your junior footy, you played uh, played some junior footy at Hoppers Crossing. Yeah, first junior club at Hoppers Crossing. I was there for a little bit, then moved into. Into town and play uh, into um, Yesterday area and played the Strathmore for um, a year or so before I mainly well, went to the Calder Cannon and played in the 13 comp there. 
Yeah, and the, the call of cannons is where, of course, you got uh, drafted. When was the first time that, that footy was something that you were serious enough about to think about as a as a career as opposed to just something you mucked around with in the backyard and then played with your mates at a club level? Um, yeah, it's, uh, I don't know, you sort of, like playing or like junior footy and everything like that and, you know, um, now being relatively good at it, winning some Blackburn Ferris, winning some premiership going through juniors, um, always knew that, yeah, it was something that they was good at, but yeah, you don't really know. It's, I think every player wants to play NFL, but you don't know if it's an actual reality to you're sort of getting towards your last, you know, 17, 18 just before your draft year. So, well, hang on, I'm actually I'm actually a shot at this if I can uh, knuckle down. So, probably to, probably to till then, really. When did you take it seriously? I mean, in terms of was it was it the year you got drafted? Or was that the year that you went? Oh, okay, now I now I have to get serious because people are talking to me about this in a different sort of tone of voice. Well, I think I always took it serious. I always loved playing. I loved competing. Loved winning. Um, right through my whole career. So uh, even before that, so I was probably I was pretty fortunate to be involved in the Calder Cannon program at you know the age of fifteen. So once you, once you get to that sort of um, regional representative level it's you like to take it serious to take pride in, in that in your football so I think from then on so uh, you go to the finish up the Swans how, how did you feel about that at the time yeah I just I, I just wanted to get to the AFL it didn't really bother me where I went I had to you know move out of home move states but no it didn't worry me at all didn't get homesick I was just I was just glad to have opportunity and I'm pretty thankful I got to end up at Sydney um, such a great club it was yeah, it actually turned out to be a uh, you know an unbelievable experience, didn't it? I mean, a couple of hundred games and a couple of premierships. Uh, there weren't many boxes you didn't tick in your in your career at uh, Sydney. Yeah, I was just fortunate enough to be at a great club at the perfect time with a great bunch of people, not just players but coaches, staff, administration. It all sort of um, came together at the right time. Take us back to uh, being selected for that first game. It was round 10. It was uh, the year 2000. Uh, it was 14th of May when you made your debut. When did you find out that you were going to be playing? Uh, it was on that week. Um, I think about that Wednesday, I think I found out. I, I, I got the gig. So, yeah, it was pretty, pretty exciting. I just remember it all being very, um, very surreal, you know, running out in the SCG. You know, guys, you sort of, you know, watching on the TV the year before and, um, against play, it was against the doggies. So against players that have been going to the games and watching a fair bit of. So yeah, it was um, yeah, very very surreal. But it was just one of those moments you just never forget. Was it one of those moments between you and Rocket E? Did, did he tell you that you were going to be playing, or was it the chairman of selectors, or was it in front of the whole group, or how did it had to kind of take place? Uh, no, the Rodney told me. Yeah, it was the coach told me. Uh, one on one, so you're going to get a game, and obviously it's announced in front of the rest of the team, which is which is pretty exciting for a uh, 18 year old. He told that, yeah, yeah, you're pretty pumped. Uh, what, what? Remember your first kick? Uh, yeah, it was on my actually on my opposite foot you know, in, in, in the back line. I was just quickly got on on the boot to get in trouble for I think uh, I think Chris Brandt was about to nail me with a tackle. <laughs> Oh, jeez. Hey, hey, might have been just a little bit bigger than you and a little bit heavier than you by that stage, I would have thought. Yeah, definitely. And had uh, he'd had 10 years in the caper by that stage, you were playing your first game. Exactly right, yeah. You know, you learn, you learn pretty quick uh, when the big boys start throwing their weight around. Yeah, you learn to grow up very fast. And you were wearing the number 39 at that stage. Uh, how, how did that happen? 
Oh, that's what you got given, you know. Get in, you get given what you, you know, get what you get, don't get upset. And, uh, yeah, that's what, that was there. So I had to have that for the year, like two years, I'm trying to think. And then, um, yeah, the number five come available with, um, Craig O'Brien uh, retiring. And, um, they asked if I wanted to take it. I said, yep, that'd be great. Thank you. Yes. And then, yeah, the rest is history. The build of the club at that stage, um, I think you finished about uh, ninth or tenth that year, won ten games. So it was it was the sort of start of the the building of what became a premiership team. Did you did you we well, kind of feel that? I mean, in hindsight, you can look back and see that. But did you feel that at the time? Oh, I think we knew we were onto something, onto something special. We knew what what we wanted to achieve. We had, as I said, we had the, just the right people at the right time. Just, just all the stars aligned. And, we just had that self-belief and confidence and supporting each other that um, would go out and achieve what we wanted to achieve, or if, if not, we'd go down swinging. Uh, take us back to that 2005 Premiership. I mean, it's obviously a, a, a stellar moment in the history of the, of the Sydney Football Club and of the Swans uh, and, and, you know, the old South Melbourne as well, all linked in there. Um, what was it like for you as a player to, I mean, A, to run out in the ground on that day and, and then to, to actually achieve, you know, the ultimate? Yeah, it was pretty amazing. It was a pretty amazing build-up. Obviously, it's been so long. Um, been so long since the, the club had uh, um, been in one. I think '96 was the previous um, time, the last time the club was in a grand final. But then, obviously, 72 years before it, you know, the last victory. Um, so this uh, it was just a, I don't know. There was this build-up around the club. It was a very, it was a very nervous, anxious sort of build-up. Everyone was. You know, not quite sure what it was, but we, we as I said, in the inner sanctum, we were quite confident in what we needed to do and what we needed to achieve and back our, our, our players and back our coaches and everything around it. Um, yeah, and just obviously grand final MCGs, you know, it's everyone's dream. So to be able to do that was, was pretty amazing. And then, yeah, they, it happened what happened and, um, it was a very special moment. I think the, the best part was it just, all those supporters that have been, you know, lifelong supporters um, had never seen a premiership. So them just thanking us, they've actually got to see um, something that they thought they'd never see again. Yeah. And then to back up and do it again to get a second premiership, I mean, that's not a lot of blokes get one, let alone two. You know, and, and to win a Norm Smith medal in that second one um, must, must. Uh, I mean, they, they talk about which is your favourite, but uh, you've got two sort of different layers, haven't you, with the, with the two premierships you've got? Yeah, yeah, there's a little bit of a gap between them. So they're totally different um, points in my career, in my life. So, yeah, they're, they're very different um, premierships in my book. Probably the last one in 12, it's probably that whole build-up. I knew what to expect of older, mature. Um, probably enjoyed that build-up and that whole final series a lot more. Um, it was more business-like in yeah. terms of what we know what to do, we know how to, how to execute it. And probably a bit more clinical in the way, the way we went about it, but then also enjoyed it and really um, savoured that, that victory um, for what it was. Um, probably had more expectation on ourselves to win that one than we did in 05. Um, and to achieve that was pretty pretty special again. Um, what advice would you... I mean, if there's a, a young bloke running around in a footy club now who runs out in a grand final this year that's coming up, what, what would you say to him about enjoying the moment and being able to kind of... Take the anxiety out. Are you are you able to take the anxiety out of it at any time? Yeah, of course you can. You just got to be confident in what you've done. You, you've got there for a reason. Um, you know, 
got there because you've played good footy, played good team footy. Um, you don't get there because you haven't been performing. So, um, yeah, that's probably just back yourself. You, you don't need to do anything different and, yeah, enjoy the week, take it all in and, and appreciate the opportunity because who knows if you'll get another one. Ryan, you came out of the under-18 system, out of the call to cannons, and, uh, and now you're back in the under-18 system, uh, second-year coach at the Jets. What, what's what been the big change in terms of what it was like when you were coming through to what it is now that you're actually controlling those under-18-year-old boys? Um, oh, probably a little bit. Oh, it's a long time ago when I was there. But, um, yeah, I suppose the, just the streaming of of the system, um, the players, uh, the opportunity and the resources the players have now. It's, it's, it's pretty um, it's pretty good. Like, there's, no, there's no excuses for them not to have, to have everything at their fingertips. Um, so it's just up to the players whether they utilise that or not because um, they've got all the resources, um, some great coaches, uh, great mentors. So it's like everything's designed for, for players now to get the best out of themselves and give themselves the best opportunity if they want it. You're in the Crow system, obviously, in the coaching part of the Crow system for, for a few years and, and coach the uh, the Sandful team. Um, is there is there a difference in uh, a team mentality? Is, is Does under-18 footy uh, have a team mentality or does it have a mentality of, of getting the best out of yourself so as you get noticed and you get drafted? Well, that's a, that's a balancing act and depends on every coach's philosophy. My philosophy is we play as a team. You play your role, and if you play, if team plays well, then as an individual, you play well. I think it's too many times where you see players just trying to play as an individual to stand out, and it actually backfires on them. Um, but if your team's playing well, your team's winning, everyone's playing well generally, and then everyone stands out. So, um, yeah, if your team's getting beaten every week because everyone's playing individually, no one really tends to watch those teams. Yeah. Tell us a little about the Maribyrnong Sports Academy because it's been talked about not only from a football perspective, which we'll talk to you about, but it, it, there's, there's many sort of uh, arrows to the bow of the of the, uh, of the Maribyrnong Sports Academy. Tell us a little about the footy one because I know Leon Harris has been involved in it for many years and now you're obviously hands-on in there as well. Yeah, look, it's, it's a great it's a uh, great sporting academy. There's 18 sports that are represented, so it's um, a very big cross-section of student-athletes there. There's about a bit over 600 student-athletes. Uh, and again, it's just the, the facilities, the resources, the coaching um, intellect there. It's just um, there's just so much um, opportunity and so much resources for any athlete that's going through there to have the best opportunity possible. Um, so yeah, it's a fantastic initiative. Um, the kids come and they want to do well, and and it's. Yeah, the footy, the footy program is quite large. We've got um, about 80 students in the footy program, both uh, girls and boys. So, and the girls' side of it is growing rapidly. So, um, out of last year, we had um, four of our players get drafted. So, yep. I think, um, again, it's, it's as I said before, it gives the players the best opportunity possible if they really want to take it. You obviously uh, had a great passion for the game as a player. You don't play nearly 300 games and not, and not have that and win a couple of premierships and a Norm Smith medal. How have you adjusted to the coaching side of it? Something that you wanted to do? So was it something that kind of felt right to you in the in the latter part of your, your playing career? Yeah, I did all my accreditation and preparation to coaching while I was still playing. So um, I had that, that process in play long before I finished playing. Um, I just enjoy the, the competition, the tactic, what the game is. Um, you know, the, 
it's a little bit of a chess game in, in the coach's box in terms of making sure you've got your right players in the right position, depending on how they're going that day. Sometimes you just got to you know, shuffle the deck chairs a little bit to, to get the best out of your team and the best out of individuals. So yeah, that competition and game day in the coach's box is quite competitive. So that, that's a great thing about it as well. Who, uh, who was the first coach that made a real impression on you as a, as a young footballer? Oh, I'd have to say Robert Hoare. He was my coach at the Calder Cannons. I had him there for a number of years. He was a fantastic coach, I thought, um, a mentor. Um, and got, I, still, I still think back to and you know, respect very highly. So I'd say he's probably the first you know, real coach to make a, a big impact on me. And I'd have to say he's probably the reason I got drafted. Yeah. Uh, you, you, you come, uh, a lot of people say when you get into the coaching caper, you become an amalgam of, of, of all the people who've coached over the years. Have you have you taken little bits out of everyone, out of the Rocket Eads, out of the Johnny Longmines, all the people that you've had over the years? Oh, definitely. And that, that's life in general. You just the experience you get, the people you meet, you know, what works, you know, what doesn't work, you know, what to be like, not what to be like. So, yeah, it's just a melting pot of um, experiences that you, you gather on your life journey and you sort of put it together on what you think um, is the best fit for you and the best fit for the people around you. So, yeah, I've definitely taken bits and pieces from everyone I've come across. There's a little lunatic in uh, in every coach, is there not? Is there is there a little bit of lunatic somewhere in you? Yeah, no, I, I think you're a bit competitive. That's the competitive lunatic. Oh, I don't know if I'm a lunatic. Um, <laughs> Uh, but yeah, very competitive. I like, like to win. Um, but also, I think when you instill a winning habits and winning culture into a club, even a, a junior development club like the Jets, um, gives those players you know, the right culture in terms of prepare well, have elite habits, have a winning attitude, have that competitive attitude. Cause if you really want to make it a top of any sport, you've got to have those key elements yeah, in your drive. Have we got the under-18 under program right in terms of preparing kids in, in all the different things they have to be prepared with? Because I know we took a, we got a lot on the psychological side of it these days because it, it's, it's such an issue and such a lot of pressure on them. Yeah, I think I think the age group needs to be raised. I think it needs to be like an under nineteen, under twenty program. Okay. I think that eight, eight, that eighteen is the wrong age in terms of all this. Most players are going for their VC or the year twelve, so it's a very big year on them in terms of mental pressure um, to finish their schooling, as well as you put the added layer of trying to you know trying to get drafted. So. I think if they had a year or two out after school where they can maybe concentrate a little bit more on football and um, at maturity sets in, I think that'd be I think that'd be a lot better for sustainability and the mindset of, of young players. Yep. What about the general kind of uh, thoughts about uh, the younger generation as uh, as such? Uh, just in terms of that, you know, people say they don't concentrate as much and all that sort of stuff. Uh, I mean, if you're dedicated to something, you're dedicated to it, aren't you? Yeah, I think that's um, each individual is very different. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a different landscape. Different, they learn differently. They take information on differently. But I see the dedicated, well-driven kids now no different to what they were, you know, twenty, thirty years ago. So um, yeah, I think this. I know guys my age don't concentrate pretty well either. So <laughs> I yes. think uh, so. Yeah, I just think it comes up to the individual. Yep. Um, you, you, you look back on your career. Are you, are you able to kind of take in what you achieved now and and, and enjoy it, and kind of uh, you know sit back and have a you know a smile on your face about what you what you were able to achieve in your footy career? Well, I think now, yeah. It's obviously, the longer you're out of the game, you sort of 
in balance a bit more on those stories and on how good you thought you were. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, look, I think sometimes it's, it's good and, um, you know, you take, take pride in something that you've dedicated so much of your life to and made a lot of sacrifice for it. You could really learn from it. Um, to be able to reflect back and all those life journeys and go, yeah, well, this is why I did it and this is how I did it. And, well, you know, I'm so grateful I was able to do it. Sort of footy's been uh, your, uh, an enormous part of your life since, as you said, sort of 15 years of age when you when you started to get serious about it. You know, you know, just turned 39. Do you see yourself in footy uh, forever and a day? Um, I think it would always be a part of me. I don't think you ever take it out of out of me. It's just been pretty much my whole life. So, yeah, as I, I enjoy um, keeping involved in footy one way or another. So, look, I can't see it changing in the near future anyway. Good for the mind and the body. Definitely, definitely. Sometimes not the mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Can uh, can play. Are you one of those coaches who kind of uh, obsesses about things, or are you, are you able to kind of push the delete button and move on to the next? Oh, I'm pretty good at moving on. I think. Uh, I still haven't seen anyone invent a time machine yet, so I can't get yeah. back, take, go back in time. But um, yeah, as long as you learn from everything, I think life's all about each situation, each game, each mistake you make. and Everyone makes mistakes, but it's actually okay to fail because that's where you learn. So as long as you learn from it. So I think, um, yeah, learn from it and then, okay, what's the solution? How do we get better? What do we do better next time? How do we how do we uh, go forward? I'm all about looking forward rather than behind. Mate, all the best of luck with the Jets for the uh, for the 2020 season and, and beyond that. And obviously, uh, you, uh, I imagine you have aspirations to go back into the AFL system and uh, and coach at an AFL level. I hope that happens for you as well. But thanks for spending some time with us. Really do appreciate it. No worries. Thanks for having me. And they're home all right. They've done it. What a team. That culture, the bloods. That's what it's all about. The winner of the North Smith medal is Ryan O'Keefe.